welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. I sense in my heart that there might be some here watching that you've had an abortion. And I need to tell you something right now about that. You need to, you need to listen real closely right now. The Lord loves you. Yes. And He can supernaturally heal you from that memory. He can supernaturally heal you from any lie. Well, if the, the devil will lie to you and say, you, you are just, you are out of here. You are, listen. There's always hope, and there's always freedom, there's always healing in Jesus. And there's things man can't do that God can do. And so we want to encourage you, if you've had an abortion, and you're, you're feeling like Mother's Day is a very sad, depressing day, don't let it be. Don't let it be. We've all made mistakes. It's not what you've done, it's what you do afterwards that counts. The blood of Jesus fixes everything. If you'll just turn to the Lord, He will help you, He will comfort you, He will heal you, and you will be a minister going somewhere to happen by the power of God. So don't, don't yield to any no-hope scenarios and all that junk of the devil. There's hope for everybody. I mean, I've got scriptures, I could show you right now, a scripture in the Chronicles of the Kings in the Bible, where a man named Manasseh caused, caused his children to pass through the fire, made Israel to sin worse than the heathen. I mean, sought witches and enchantments and witchcraft and all this stuff. And he got in affliction one day, and he cried out to God, and God heard his prayer. He humbled himself greatly before God, and God got him out of affliction, back to his homeland, back to his kingdom, and he lived out his life. So there you go. If Manasseh can be forgiven, if Manasseh can be restored, so can you. Amen. All right, I'll put the Bible bookmark down. I just hope you all have one. Um, let's, let's do this. Turn in your Bible to Romans 13. And I'm going to give you the rest of what I believe the Lord has for us today. So open up your ears, open up your heart, get ready for the Lord to really help you today. I, in and of myself, I have nothing. But Father God, with your anointing here on me and on us today, we believe and we're asking for your word to come forth. Exactly what we need to hear. You know, Father, the needs in our life. You know what's around the corner. You know what we've come through. Equip us, Lord, today, right now, for the things ahead, for the steps of, of our ministry coming up, our lives, our, our jobs, our families. Show us what we need to see. Grant us ears to hear. And, Lord, we pray and expect manifestations of the Holy Spirit to accompany your word. Power of God to heal, deliver, set free, correct, restore, whatever we need. We believe your word will pave the way for these powerful things before this service is over. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So Romans 13, if you would, please. Romans chapter 13. Being Mother's Day, we wanted to say a few more things about honoring moms. And so in Romans 13, am I, man, I'm just not there. Okay. Romans 13, verse 7. The Bible says, render, talking to believers, render therefore to all their dues. Tribute or taxes to whom tribute is due. So does the Bible teach Christians should pay their taxes? Yes. Yeah, don't worry about it. If it goes too high, God will still take care of you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Right? Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, give fear or reverence to whom reverence is due, and give honor to whom honor is due. 
Alright, so we made this clear already that just the very fact that a, a mom would go through nine months of what pregnancy has with it is the fact, just, just that right there, let alone the next 18 years, right, is worth honor. And so say, why are we doing this today? Well, because we're doers of the word at Faith Heights Church. If the Bible says give honor to whom honor is due, we're going to take a service once in a while and give honor to whom honor is due because we're doers of the word. We're not hearers only. Right? There comes a time you have to do what you're hearing if it's ever going to work for you. And uh, we just really believe in honoring those who deserve honor. So that's what we want to do right now. So if you would please turn to Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31. And moms, can I say to you, or even future moms, can I say this to you? When you think about motherhood and you think about the commitment that that takes, don't think that there's not grace to be a great mom. Don't think that there's not grace to have a wonderful time for the 19 years of that child. There's grace. And, and moms, if you think it's overwhelming and you've got kids left and right and you, you've got all this stuff going on, you've got to make sure you stay up with this confession, moms. You ready? When everything's trying to get on your nerves and the responsibilities are trying to pressure you into sadness or depression or pulling your hair out, say these words, His grace is sufficient for me. You have to say it. See, Paul was praying and praying and praying and not getting anywhere. He sought the Lord three times that this thing might depart from him. But when he started saying His grace is sufficient for me, he started seeing results. Sometimes you got to go from praying to saying what He's already done for you. Paul wasn't getting anywhere begging that this problem would leave. But when he started saying, His grace is sufficient for me, the power of God came on him. So is it praying that you need or is it saying that you need? Sometimes it's saying that you need what God's already said. One of the best prayers you can pray is quote the scriptures, right? And so moms, just know there's grace for you to be a mom. If you're afraid or, you know, I mean, I'm sure Rachel, you've had thought, all moms that are pregnant probably have thoughts. Oh man, oh, this, this could be a chore. This, this could be a, no, His grace is sufficient for you. His grace is sufficient for you. Moms, dads, kids, His grace is sufficient for you. Whatever you're called to do. So, in Proverbs 31, now this, the, the largest portion of this proverb of Solomon, who had the wisdom of God, is about a virtuous woman, which includes a mom, as you'll read in some of these verses. I'm not going to read the entire uh, proverb here, but man, is it good. And guys, you should read it too and believe this is, this is what your spouse is and that this is, you know, who they are. And you don't wait to see who they are and then start treating them like that. You start treating them like that and you'll see that that's who they are. So look at Proverbs 31, verse 25. And we're going to read through verse 31, through the end of the chapter. So put up on the screen, please, Proverbs 31, 25. It says, Strength and honor are her clothing. That'd be a good clothing line name right there, right? Strength and honor clothing. <laughs> Clothes for the godly. <laughs> Strength and honor are her clothing. In other words, he's saying here it's more important what a, what a mom or woman's like on the inside than just what she wears on the outside. You know, we're not like Hollywood, you know. Hollywood says it's not about who you are, it's about what you wear. <laughs> now, this scripture says it's about who you are more than how you look. All right. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. I think one translation says she'll rejoice and laugh in the last days. That's 
And she's not afraid of tribulation, also it says. Next verse. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. Next verse. She looks well to the ways of her household. This is talking about a mom now. And eats not the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. That's what we're doing today. Moms, you are blessed. You are blessed. Just for the fact that you're a mom, you're blessed. We won't even talk about performance right now. You chose to be a mom, you're a mom. And that's a blessing. You brought life into this world. A life that can now be lavished on by the love and blessings of God. That's an honorable thing. Her husband also... And he pray, her husband rises up and calls her blessed, and he also praises her. How many times, when's the last time, husbands, you praised your wife? Do we have scripture for that? Next verse. Many daughters have done virtuously, but you excel them all. Keep going. Favor is deceitful. One, one translation says charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears or reverences the Lord shall be praised. So hold, hold on that scripture right there for a second. Keep it up. I don't... I know a lot of this has to do with what, with what women think men want, and, and there's, there's truth there, don't, don't get me wrong, but I'm going to just say it like it is. Beauty's overrated. Outward beauty, overrated. Ladies need to chill out and be happy. And quit always trying to be like the models who they laser Photoshop, you know, on the, on the magazines. And uh, Listen. Beauty is vain. One translation says, beauty is evaporating. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, you know, I mean, Cher looks pretty good at, for how old is she? 95. <laughs> I mean, she spent a lot of money on some of that there. And I, I just, you know, beauty is overrated. Outward beauty is way overrated. Give me somebody with a beautiful personality any day over beautiful outside than has a raunchy personality. Right? Um, now, the devil's beautiful. The Bible says he's so beautiful he got lifted up in his beauty. The devil's beautiful. The Bible says he's very beautiful. Don't wait for a monster to start resisting. Anything that's not in line with the word, resist it. If it's packaged in beautiful or whatever. Right. And I think, I think women need to really chill out in this area. And I mean, of course, you don't just let yourself go. This, this whole psalm here talks about a disciplined woman, a woman who's, you know, in, in good shape physically and spiritually, but way overrated. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. Let me tell you something that's going to last forever. A woman who loves God. Larry Norman wrote a song before he was married called A Woman of God. I'm going to try to quote the lyrics to you. The song goes like, uh, the, like the first Christian rock and roller from California. First guy. Long blonde hair. Just freaked everybody out, even the church. But man, he had some good songs. Heart for God. He said, I need a woman who doesn't take drugs or mess with men, believes the Bible and despises sin, lifts me up instead of knocking me down, follows God instead of running around. 
I need a woman who's kind and true. I haven't found her, but until I do, I'll be looking for a woman of God, a woman with a righteous heart, looking for a woman of God who doesn't easily fall apart. I need a woman who knows the measure of what she's worth, stores up treasures but not on earth, seeks God's will in all she does, keeps her eyes on the Holy One. I need a woman who's kind and true. I haven't found her, but until I do, I'll be looking for a woman of God. Isn't that great? For an old hippie rock and roller? It's really good. Sorry, Larry. <laughs> He's in heaven now. Um, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I want to share a couple other things here and then get into one more thing before we close. Oh, look, it's only 11.09. I've got seven hours. God, this is awesome. I thought I only had six. <laughs> ah, one of these days. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And guys, you need to kind of take heed to this scripture here as well because of the context that it's in. Alright, 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 7. Paul's talking to the church at Thessalonica. He said, Paul the Apostle says, But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse, nurse cherishes her children. Other translations talk about, Paul said, I was gentle among you, and I cared for you tenderly, like a mother carefully tends to and cares for her nursing child. Now, this is interesting because we know Paul would never veer off of doing anything that was godly. There is a God side, there is a God, part of God seen in moms that is so precious. It's from the heart of God. And a lot of it is seen right here. There's a nourishing and a cherishing of children. And, and Paul said, I was like this to you. So guys, I want to say to you, you need to learn a few things from your mom and your children's moms. Mom, you need, you need to learn something from them. Because this heart's supposed to be in guys too. There's a tenderness in a woman. You know, the Bible says all of us are supposed to be tender hearted. You know what that means? It means you're going to cry once in a while. Men cry. Don't let pride keep you from a good cry. If, you're, if you don't want to feel the pain of people, you're not, you're not, you're not going to feel the joy of people either. I know it's vulnerable. You lift up this wall and you feel the joy and you're also now vulnerable to feel the pain. That's not wrong. Jesus felt our pain and when he did, he healed every one of them. When he was moved with compassion. See, we think compassion is a feeling of wonderful feelings. Like, oh, I'm so compassionate. Compassion means you hurt. Like Jesus hurt when he felt the pain of the people. And when you get to that level of hurt, faith just brings miracles on the scene. It's so real. It's so tender. It's so real. And so here he says, uh, like a mother cherishes her children. Mm -mm -mm. Everybody say this. Men, go ahead and cry. Now, we know that a true mom would not want this whole sermon to be about her. So it's halftime. 
No, just a few more minutes. I want to share something now that I believe will be a really big blessing, not only to moms, but to spouses and children. So mom's household, like Carla was saying a few minutes ago, can be really well off, better than now, better than yesterday. Anybody interested in some words from God now for everybody? I know this is what moms want, so I'm going to go ahead and have you go to Galatians 5, and I'm going to read you something here, and then for the rest of the service, which is only, don't worry, we're not going to be here seven hours. Five is plenty. (laughs) Who said yeah? (laughs) I love you. Who said that? (laughs) Um... So Galatians 5, and this has to do with a mom's heart, but it's got to go, it's got to go beyond moms right now. So Galatians uh, chapter 5 and verse 6. I'm a little concerned about something still that's happening in the church, not just this church, but the church worldwide. I mean, I watch Facebook once in a while. I see things once in a while. I, I don't listen to secular news anymore because it'll make me violate love if I listen to it too long. I'll start judging and criticizing and open the door to sickness in my future. And I'm done with that. Done with that. So, um, in Galatians 5, I'm going to read the scripture and I'll share my concern with you. Look at verse 6. Paul said to the church everywhere, including us, he said, In Jesus Christ, in other words, for believers, neither circumcision amounts to anything nor uncircumcision. But Paul said, let me tell you what will get some results. Let me tell you what will be powerful in your life. You ready? Faith. Not even a comma there, is there? So he's not even close to done. What's really going to make a difference in your life? What avails? What's going to promote you? What's going to be powerful in your life? Faith, which works by love. Faith, which works by love. Are you listening to me, church? Just as much as we need to study and develop in faith, we need to study and develop in love. Because without love, a thousand faith confessions won't work. If you're violating love and and not repenting and living in a way you know that's not loving, that will hurt your faith. Actually, if you read 1 Corinthians 13, you could have faith to move mountains, give all your money to the poor, offer your body to be burned to help somebody, uh, prophesy, know all secrets and all mysteries, and I'll have all knowledge. If you don't have love, it's all zippo. Means nothing, is nothing, have nothing without love. So if, I, if you were the devil, what would you attack? Prophecy? Oh yeah, let's keep them from prophesying. Um, uh, faith? Yeah, let, let's keep them from faith because that you know they can they can quench all our fiery dodge with that faith stuff. Or, or would you attack um, uh, giving? Yeah, we don't want them giving because if they give, they're going to receive harvest in return. Uh, let, let's attack tongues. Let's, let's attack tongues. You know, let, let's because you know we don't want. If you're the, what would you attack if you're the devil? Tongues, faith, prophecy, prosperity are the one thing. That makes all of them work. Yeah. Yeah. Love. Hmm? What would you attack? Would you attack tongues? Now he does, don't get me wrong, but most of his energies are geared towards subtle, hidden violations of love. So before Christians realize it, their faith's not working. 
We need to be aware of violations of love and repent of them immediately. It damages your faith. You'll not have the boldness and confidence. You know, we read last week a, a newsletter that I had with our friend Randall Greer. He talked in there about how he senses the church right now is just basically powerless against demon forces. They have the power, but there's things in their life that's keeping them from able to use that power properly. Authority over the enemy. Kind of like the disciples, right? Jesus gives them all this power to deal with all demons and all devils and cure all diseases. And a guy one day brings his son to him who has epileptic fits. He says, please, you guys, cure my child. I, I know Jesus has given you power. And it said they could not cure him. Interesting, because the Lord gave him power to set him free, and they couldn't do it. See, you can have power from the Lord, and things can be hindering that power from working. The end time church? Oh my goodness. We better not have anything messing with our faith because there is demon activity going on all around us. There's oppression of the devil on every hand and we need to be in a strong, powerful position to rebuke the works of darkness like never before. And it ain't going to work if we're violating love left and right and living in sin. That's right. That's right. It's time, church. You need to ask yourself a question. Hmm. How many want me to share what's on my heart or be, or be or just to play it safe? I'm just going to play it safe. I'm sorry. I, maybe Wednesday night I'll share that. Church, listen. The Lord told me, now, now this, this may sound strange, but if you're a first-time visitor, just know we're going to stick with the Bible. We're not crazy. The Lord said, son, I'm going to have you sneak up on the congregation one of these days. And it might be Mother's Day. <laughs> You know, one of those sweet days where you just, oh. He said, I want you to just, just surprise everybody and teach a message for a half hour on casting out demons. And what that means and what we need to be ready for in these last days and who that applies to. Because see, if I was to say, next Sunday morning we're going to talk about casting out demons. <laughs> I'm not sure a lot of people would be interested in that sermon, but... You and I need equipped in this area, especially in these last days. Are you kidding me? Church, listen. Listen. Real simple, okay? Somebody who finds themselves in a zone, hearing things and feeling things, and finds a gun, and loads it with, you know, however many rounds, and walks into a school or a supermarket and starts shooting people they don't even know, that's demon possession. You're not going to fix that through rehabilitation. You're not going to fix that through counseling. Just like some areas of healing. Things need to be discerned and cast out. You can't... <laughs> you can't rehabilitate a demon. You have to cast out a demon. Right. School shootings, grocery store shootings, church shootings, all this stuff is demon possession. I mean, people sit around, how could they do that? How could they do that? I can't imagine why they do that. Oh, that's so terrible. How could they do that? How could they do that? Read your Bible. Demons. The church needs to shape up. This world is crying for deliverance. People who are not afraid to do things that Jesus did for fear of being thrown in jail. Well, what if it doesn't work? Grow in God till your confidence is higher. My goodness. 
Well, what if it doesn't work? <laughs> Grow in God. Get to the place where you're not even concerned whether it works or not. You don't even care about jail. Don't even care. Not even afraid. How's this Mother's Day message going so far? <laughs> Faith works by love. Now, let's get into the heavy stuff. Look at Ephesians 6. As long as you're not going to forget what we just read. What did we just read? Faith works by love. Receiving from God works by love because you receive from God by faith. Authority over the devil works by love because it's by faith we exercise authority over the devil. Um, I personally, when I got saved, I wasn't demon-possessed, but almost. It's like depression, oppression, obsession, obsession, and possession. I, mean, I was messed up. I, I, I opened up the door to the devil. I, I had no, I, I lacked a lot of discipline in my life. And if you want to open the door to the devil, just yield to your flesh, don't control your thoughts, and you'll be harassed eventually by the enemy. That's the number one way the enemy gets in people's lives is through their flesh, through their soul, thinking on things they shouldn't be thinking on, and just doing what they feel all the time. How many of you realize you can't just do everything you feel like doing? You can't just say everything you feel like saying? Right. And you can't just think anything you want to think on? Sometimes I'll tell people, just, you know, think about the Lord. Get your mind on the Lord. You know, the Bible says, meditate in the Word day and night. Think about the Lord day and night. And they go, I can't think about the Lord day and night. Uh, newsflash. You're thinking about something day and night. Just change it. <laughs> it's like, I can't, think about, I, can't think, I can't think about the Lord day and night. You're thinking about something day and night. Choose to think about the Lord day and night. That's where praying always comes in. Live with God. Don't just run to Him when you're in trouble. I said a couple of weeks ago, I think it kind of freaked some people out. I said, you know why people have a lot of problems in their life? You know why Christians have a lot of problems in their life? I'll tell you why. The reason is because God is a part of their life. That's why they have a lot of problems in their life. What? The reason I have a lot of problems is because God's a part of my life? Yeah. He should not both be a part of your life. He's supposed to be your entire life. And if you have room for anything else, that fits in. Well, God's a part of my life. What part is He? Well, you know, the part when I'm half dead, I run to Him. Oh, but He's everything to you. So, in Ephesians 6, verse 16, how important is faith? Well, we know it's very important. And I want to show you Ephesians 6, 16. Remember, faith works by love. And then Paul says to the Ephesian Christians, he says, above all, guys, take the shield of faith, which is a spiritual attitude, and it's called developing in faith. Hearing this word so faith can come to you. Hearing it over and over again so faith can grow in you and using your faith. He says, take the shield of faith. Have an attitude of faith. Oh, what are we going to do? The world's falling apart. We're going to stand strong and believe God and win souls. Oh, what are we going to do? My kids are all messed up. We're going to believe God. They're coming home like Miss Carla just read the scripture this morning. Oh, we're going to do. The doctor said I don't have very long to live. Rise up and say I'll live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I ain't leaving until I'm done. You have an attitude of faith. Not just notes on faith. Have an attitude of faith. 
I don't know. I, 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 I don't want some crazy person to come in and, and shoot me if I'm shopping or in school or church. Or I, I don't want some crazy person to shoot me. Rise up in faith and say, it'll never happen to me. Right. A thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. Amen. Quote scriptures. You've got to be bold. Yeah. I don't know if I'd say that real loud. What if something bad happens? The louder you say it, the more bad things can't happen. The Bible says, I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. And he's talking about trusting Him specifically in the area of protection. You know, on Wednesday nights, I wish everybody would come to Wednesday night, especially in these last days. I don't... I don't Carl and I have implemented Wednesday night in our life for 30-some years, and it's just, just as much part of our life as it is to eat three meals a day. It's like we, we love it. It's like... I, terrible to miss some of the things that are happening on Wednesday, but we've been talking on Wednesday nights about ushering in greater glory, a greater degree of the power of God, and um, you know, I, I won't get into all that. Let, let's, let's read this because my time is limited, but Wednesdays are amazing. I just I put a little plug in there for you. Um, in Ephesians 6.16, 6, it says, Above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able <clears throat> to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. How many see that little word, all? You should circle that with blue. Put red stars around it. Highlight it in yellow. And kiss it. This is amazing scripture. Right? Above all, take the shield of faith. Be interested in faith. Grow in faith. Develop in faith. Live by faith. Somebody says, wow. I've heard all the things on faith that there is to hear. I know everything about faith that there is to know. Huh. The Bible says faith is one of those things that's going to last forever. You will never touch bottom in your understanding of faith. Faith is what created the universe. Faith is eternal. These three remain forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these three is love. Faith is an eternal thing. We're going to be learning about faith forever. Tapping in the deeper dimensions of it. Higher creative revelation concerning faith. Faith is amazing. Faith gets you saved. Faith gets you healed. Faith will raise the dead. Faith created the universe. Yeah. Amen. How many want to grow in faith? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody created the universe yet? Uh, you got some room to grow then. <laughs> but notice, faith, the shield of faith, quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked. Newsflash. Satan is doing his best this last year and a half till now, doing his best to get Christians to violate love so their faith is not ready for his next attacks. What do you mean his next attacks? Oh, didn't you read that we're just in the beginning of sorrows? Did you read that Jesus said famines, wars, earthquakes, pestilence, plagues, Epidemics, it says in my cross-reference, wars, rumors of wars. Uh, these are the beginning of sorrows. And you know the cool thing about it? We might be right in the middle of it, but no evil shall befall us, neither shall any plague come near our dwelling, because we're not just, you know, visiting the secret place, we live in love. We live for God. Every day is Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the noontime, Jesus when the sun goes down. Yeah. 
And that's why the Bible says, I quoted it may, and that was wrong. The Lord corrected me. I didn't say, son, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand with these plagues and pestilence. He said, they shall. This is going to happen. There's no may about it. A thousand shall fall at your side. 10,000 at your right hand. You're right in the middle of the epidemic. You're right in the middle of the plague. You're right in the middle of the wars. But it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because he has set his love upon me, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He'll call upon me and I'll answer him. I'll be with him in trouble and I'll deliver him and I'll honor him and I'll satisfy him with long life and I will show him my salvation. Ooh, glory to God. Here's the thing the Lord told me. He says, you better be on super extra guard for violations of love because everything you watch on news right now will get you, except maybe Go Victory Network. Um, let, me, let me tell you the way the Lord gave it to me. Listen to who's watching on camera. You've got to hear this. Listen. Do I think there might be some things going on that we don't know about in our country? Some bad stuff? Probably. But the Lord made it very clear to me. He said, if you go too far with some of this conspiracy stuff, you will start violating love and judging people's motives and you don't even know who those people are. And it will start to fall in the category of judge not lest you be judged. I wrote something down. Let me read this and then I'm going to read you a couple things out of Brother Hagin's book on love, the way to victory. Um... The devil knows, and I'm going to show you a scripture to back this up. The devil knows a thousand good confessions for healing and prosperity, a thousand good confessions won't work if you're talking bad about other people at the same time. The violation of love nullifies your faith and those confessions fall to the ground. How important is this? Uh, so important that God commanded us to get it. Do you know why God commands you to walk in love? Because it's way too important to our Father that we have the protection and the health that goes with love. He doesn't want... You know why... Let me go a little farther. You know why God commands you to walk in love instead of just say, Well, you know, son, I suggest that you do this, you know. Treat, your, treat the people right and forgive and, and don't be selfish and, you know, be kind and don't talk bad about others because you know, that's a good idea. God commands us to walk in love because He wants us experiencing what He's experiencing in life. The best. And it's too important to God to suggest it. He commands you to walk in love because He wants you, like Him, enjoying what He enjoys. And without love, you open yourself up to pot shots of the devil, fire darts from a distance, all kinds of stuff. The Bible says if you live in the secret place of the Most High, you'll abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I looked up in 1 John, it said, He that dwells in love dwells in God and God in Him. I thought dwell means live. Dwelleth, Psalm 91, dwelleth. 1 John 4. Dwell in the secret place of the Most High. You abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He that dwells in love, dwells in God. Oh, so if you're living in love, you're living in God. 
Now, for sickness to get to you, it has to go through God, because you're in God 24-7. You're in God. What happens if I mess up, Pastor? Well, don't worry. Devil, he can't just jump on you. Just repent. Get it under the blood and say, I'm back under the shadow of the Most High. <laughs> Amen. And you have to say some things. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. You have to say it. There's a scripture in James chapter 1. Catch this. I'm not, you don't have to turn there unless you have the ESV version, the English Standard Version. But let me read this to you. James 1.26. It works the same with prosperity. You ready? It says, quote, Christian, your careless talk makes your offerings to God worthless. So, wrong words against others, words we know we shouldn't be speaking, not only can mess up your faith for healing, but it can and will mess up your faith for prosperity. Your offerings to God will become worthless with careless talk. Your careless talk makes your offerings to God worthless. How many think we should get this under control? Were you the blessed, wonderful person that I pray for? <laughs> what are you doing? You're showing signs of growing up. You're not in kindergarten anymore, just saying everything you feel like saying. Yep. Did, you ever hear the, did you ever read the scripture that says, Refrain your tongue from evil, and your lips that they speak no guile? We're going to look at that in just a second. Refrain your tongue from evil, your lips that they speak no guile? What do you mean? There's times your mouth is going to want to get out of control like a wild horse. You need to refrain it from saying what you feel like saying. I'm telling you this by, by experience, scripture, study, and being around a lot of people a lot more spiritual than me. If you want to live in health, you better be very cautious about what you do with your words. Many violations of love are coming out of the mouth of people. They're saying things on Facebook in public, at home. So I don't know why we think sometimes, well, we can get away with things at home. No, sin is still sin at home. Right. Newsflash. It, 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 wrong confessions are still sin at home. Right? Would you please laugh a little make me feel like I'm doing okay? I'm here to help you, all right? I feel like I'm not helping you the way you look. How many of you know talking bad about government at home is just as much of a sin as talking bad about government in public. How many of you realize making unbelief confessions at home, even if you're kidding, is just as much a violation of faith as making unbelief confessions in public? Well, I'd never say that in church. Do you say it at home? I'd never say some things at church, but do you say them at home? Come on, think about it. Because if it's a violation of love publicly, it's a violation of love privately. <laughs> right? And can I say, if you really want to advance quickly in the Lord, well, He can trust you with more power, prosperity. And if you really want to get somewhere quickly with the Lord, you ready? Make sure this is constantly right. See, only you and God know what you're thinking. Now, a wrong thought coming to you, devil throws them to everybody, even Billy Graham, right? But it's what you do with that thought. Do you look at it from every angle? Do you think about what it would be like if you did that? Do you 
invite that thought in for tea and crackers? Because if you do, God can't promote you very much because you're not a safe investment. Now, so I say I'm getting my thoughts together. I'm getting my words right. I'm going to refrain my tongue from evil. Lips that they speak no guile. Did I say that some of these conspiracies are actually violations of love and fall into the category of judging others? Yeah, but pastor, everybody's saying it. Yeah, and did you notice almost everybody on this planet is still struggling with the same sickness the world's struggling with? Yeah. Same problems the world's struggling with? Did you ever notice that too? Yeah. But pastor, everybody does it. Did you notice that everybody is not doing well? Right. Huh? Let's break out of the mold. First Peter 3, we'll close with this. If people only knew how much talking bad about others is the cause for future problems, they would stop it. The devil knows if he comes too quick with problems, you'll recognize it and resist it. He don't mind working in the background. He doesn't mind being slow at his attacks and his schemes against you. He doesn't want you thinking that talking bad about people has anything to do with your future because two weeks later you're okay. It ain't over yet. That's why we tell people, repent as soon as you know you've done wrong. Get that thing under the blood. And then you're forgiven, right? Either you're forgiven or you're not. Yes. I say we is. But I don't feel forgiven. Whoop de doo. <laughs> what do feelings have to do with God keeping His word? Well, I just thought if I really forgave Him, if I, was, if I was really forgiven, I'd feel wonderful. You may feel like the worst sinner in the world. Just believe you're forgiven. Feelings will come in line eventually. So, First Peter chapter three. Now you're ready for the real heavy stuff. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 1 Peter 3, verse 8. I know sometimes I laugh during sermons because I feel like it helps the medicine go down. It's really very serious stuff. Okay. Notice, 1 Peter 3, we're going to read a few verses here. Finally, be you all of one mind. This is the Apostle Peter writing to Christians everywhere. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brothers, be pitiful or compassionate. Be courteous. There's a lost art. Everybody say, I'm going to be courteous. Why? Because we're doers of the word, not hearers only. Next verse. Don't, don't render evil for evil. Well, they hit me, I'm going to hit them back. You're not under the law. You're a born again child of God. You have grown up a degree after thousands of years, right? We don't, we don't do that. What do we do if we're railed on? If we're cussed at, what do we do? What do we do? Answer. Not what you feel like doing. I don't care how sanctified, how holy you are. You're going to feel wrong poles at times. And it doesn't mean that you're bad. It just means you're in a world surrounded by demon forces, a fallen planet, and you've got some renewing to do. He said, don't render evil for evil. Don't render railing for railing, but counterwise blessing. So if somebody comes up to you and says, you should be wearing a mask. You should go, I bless you. <laughs> somebody says, you should take that dumb mask off. What should you do? I bless you. What are you doing? You're actually growing up. Somebody comes up to you and says, 
You need to put that mask on. You need to put your mask on because I've got people who have died. You need to put that mask. What do you do? Well, number one, you don't punch. You don't slap. You don't cuss. You refrain yourself because you're a little bit grown up, right? You're mature. What do you do? You say, sir, I bless you. In Jesus' name, I bless you. What if they do the opposite and say, I think you should, you know, take that mask off. I think you should take that mask off. You're sending a bad example. What should you do? You should go, I bless you. What are we doing? We're doing what the Apostle Peter said to do by the Holy Ghost. Counterwise blessing. Knowing that you are thereunto called. This is your calling. What's my calling? What's my calling? Your calling is be nice. (laughs) Once you get that down, he'll put you a worldwide evangelist, I guess. So, that you should inherit a blessing. How many of you are interested in inheriting a blessing? Anybody interested? So, here's your options. You ready? You get two choices here. You can punch and be relieved or you can hold back and inherit a blessing from the Almighty. You ready for the next verse? I don't know if you're ready for this. You ready? Next verse. Anyone that would love life, you know, not just roll out of bed and exist. Oh, another day. You want to love life? You want to see good days? Days in the hospital are not good days. Okay, it could be better, right? Thank God for hospitals. Uh, days in jail are definitely not good days, right? Unless you're there for preaching the gospel, right? How many want to love life and see good days? Then just pray and pray and pray and get your pastor to pray and pray and cry out to God and you'll have good days. No, that's not what he said. Prayer can't fix everything. You better have to start doing what you get in prayer if you want your life to be amazing. What did he say do? Let's just not talk about prayer right now. Let's talk about not saying everything you feel like saying under pressure. Why? Because you want to live in health, right? Love life, see good days. You don't want to live in poverty, right? What's love life, see good days? Uh, Healing, health, prosperity, blessing, peace, joy, etc. Anybody want that in your life? What should you do? Well, you know, just live any way you want, say anything you want, and pray when you got a need, and God will meet that need. Newsflash. A lot of newsflashes in church, right? <laughs> newsflash. No. No. Some things you can't fix through prayer. We pray all the time. We need to pray more. But some things can't be fixed through prayer. Some things are fixed by you doing what you know you're supposed to do and not doing what you know you're not supposed to do. And it's called suffering for the Lord and wanting to help others at your own expense. Now you're getting somewhere in your spiritual growth. Okay, I want to love life and see good days. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to refrain my tongue from evil. And my lips that they speak no guile. Look at the next verse. Because that's good. Eschew evil. Do good. Seek peace. And pursue it or ensue it. Growing in love... Okay, this, this is a huge deal. and we'll, we'll just end with this thought here and then we'll pray. Um, love and revival. How about we grow in love so much that we have to have a revival instead of just, oh, that would be cool. Can you grow so much in love where you have to have some things and your faith just comes on the scene and creates it? Absolutely. Love's the greatest motive of everything in life. 
Can you grow so much in love that you have to see the manifestations of the Holy Spirit? Can you grow so much in love you just find yourself disciplining yourself like never before to see greater glory in your life and in your family? Absolutely. We need to grow in love. Yes, we need to grow in love for health's sake. Yes, we need to grow in love for prosperity's sake. But we also need to grow in love for the world's sake around us. They're in trouble. He says here in his book, um, uh, In Love, the Way to Victory, on page, uh, well, it's actually under the chapter Characteristics of the God Kind of Love. He says here, he says... um, because Brother Hagen wasn't talking bad about other people that all his minister friends were talking bad about. He said, uh, fellow ministers have told me, boy, I sure wouldn't take that if I were you, the way they're talking bad about you, Brother Hagen. I wouldn't put up with that if I were you. I'd do something about it. But Brother Hagen said, but I didn't do anything about it. I just walked in love, stayed healthy, and I've noticed that some of those who said those things to me died prematurely. You see, love takes no account to a suffered wrong. But once I get involved in contributing to somebody else's downfall, it will affect me spiritually and physically. I don't want anything to hinder my spiritual growth. And I don't want the devil to give him an open door to put sickness and disease on me either. I don't like sickness. I was sick for the first 17 years of my life. And I don't want any part of sickness. And I know that in order to walk in health and to grow spiritually, a person has to walk in love toward others. I'd just rather the Lord attend to any wrong done against me. Rather than getting involved myself, because once I get involved, I'll probably get into trouble spiritually. Besides, two wrongs never make a right. He says, he says here, he says under his chapter, failing to walk in love can affect your health. He says believers would have to go outside the church to find someone to pray for because everyone in the church would be healed if they'd all walk in love. He says here, he says, I'm convinced that if the body of Christ really walked in love, of, walked in the love of God, you know, if, if church people really walked in the love of God, they wouldn't need healing. They just walk in divine health. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 